Yeah, way back in the 1990s, uh, Promise Keeper, how many of you guys ever went to a Promise Keepers thing? Yeah, uh, was emphasizing the need for men to get together and then began to highlight racial reconciliation. Uh, the fact that walls have to come down if we truly are the body of Christ. We have to be one, and that overcomes any barriers, and one of them is race. And it was there that God began speaking uh, to my heart. I'd been a pastor for, for 15 years at that point, and I thought, well, I love everybody, right? Right? Kind of, yeah. But, but lurking in my heart were hidden prejudices. Places I had formed opinions about others without bothering to know facts or faces and touching heart to heart. I'm convinced we all are prejudiced if we're truly honest. It's just on some of us it shows and some of us are willing to admit it. And we lay that down as we just sang at the cross. Things begin to happen. Anyway, as a result of that, I looked for someone to teach me and show me and to walk with me, someone ahead of me in the race. And the man brought, the God man, the man God brought into my life is here with us today. The Lord led me to Pastor Isaiah Merriweather more than 25 years ago. We began to meet. We began to pray together regularly. Prayer was the basis of our relationship. And it has been. We share our life's journeys together. And from that came uh, shared meals. We were in each other's homes uh, we shared ministry, Good Friday services, uh, block parties, joint worship services, softball games, basketball games, which we usually lost, but we played fairly well. And, and along with his wife, Betty, uh, who's not able to be with us today, Pastor Isaiah has been pastoring an inner city ministry in the heart of Fort Wayne, Indiana. And that's where we first connected. Haven Missionary Christian Church is just that. It's a haven for broken people who need Jesus. And I have seen Pastor Ike time and time again trust God for everything. And what an example uh, he has been. He's worked full-time in the school ministry to support what God had led him to do. He put up his own money for their meeting place. He has used his own retirement money to subsidize what God is doing there. And this man just is a generous giver. Uh, he is a man who walks by faith. He has challenged me time and time again, uh, trusting God just one week at a time. So you've got a suburban white pastor and an inner city black pastor from the hood. And God knit our hearts together. So 23 years ago, when Cindy and I celebrated our 25th wedding anniversary, way back in 1999, with a vow renewal service, it was Pastor Ike who officiated that. On June 9th, 2018, I was privileged to officiate their 50th wedding anniversary. And we have laughed together, we have prayed together, we have served together. I remember uh, one time we were meeting for prayer and Ike was late and he's generally never late. And he said he'd been pulled over. I said, why were you pulled over? Are you speeding? He said, no. He said, I'm a black man driving a late model Jeep Cherokee. And that was the reason. He laughed. I was ticked. I was ticked. And so over the years, I've gained great understanding through this man. And he has taught me so much about the love of God for all people. Thank you. 
my dear brother. In just a moment, Pastor Isaiah will be sharing from God's Word a message called Fight the Good Fight. And I had asked that he come near the end of my ministry just to challenge us in our transition as a church family. And so God has given me a friend. And I'd like us to give a big rise welcome to Pastor Isaiah Merriweather. Pastor Ike, you want to come on up? And... Welcome this morning. Uh, would you in, kindly introduce the guys that have come with you? You know, I, uh, my profession was I was a conflict mediator. <laughs> Boy. Okay. When I met John, I was over in the hood pastoring. I, I had started my ministry, and he was over in the suburbs pastoring. And he was praying that God would send him a friend, and I was praying that God would send me a friend. And it just so happened that a member of his and a member of mine got together and said, you know what, our pastors need to meet each other. And as soon as we met each other, it was a love relationship. And it's been that from day one up until now. Uh, We're so close that it's already understood that I'll be 74 my next birthday, and I retired, oh, about eight years ago, and here John's going to work in the school system where I retired from the school system, and he's going into the school system, and there are so many similarities in our lives, and the thing is, we did each other's weddings, and we already made a vow some years ago that whoever dies first, that person would the next one would come and do that eulogy. I mean, it's that type of a friendship. And I'm, I, you know what? I'm so grateful to God for blessing me to have him as a dear friend to me. Yes. And John has, he went in the opposite direction. I went into the school system while in the ministry. He's going into the school system after the ministry. So basically, that lets me know that He's going to keep on in the ministry because once you work in the school system, that's showing off a ministry. Yeah. Good thing I'm not one of the students. He quit the job tomorrow. <laughs> but this message is not only for John. It's for each and every one of us. The Lord gave me the subject, fight the good fight. There's something about fighting. We all have either gotten into fights or we escaped fights, but fights were there. And it's not about swinging at the wind. In order to fight a good fight, you have to hit your target every now and then. Stand with me. I'd like to read a few verses in your hearing. Uh, Philippians chapter 3, 1 through 8, and then 13 and 14. The word of God written by the apostle Paul. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord to write the same things to you. To me, indeed, it's not grievous, but for you it is safe. Beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of, con- of the concisions. For we are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, 
and Hebrew of the Hebrews as touching the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law. But what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung that I may win Christ. Then 13 and 14 says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth into those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Bow with me. Precious God, our Father, we thank you, Lord, for giving us a safe journey to Wisconsin and blessing us to be able to be reunited with our friends. We thank you, Father God, for all that you do, all that you have done, and all that you shall do. Father, as I prepare now to speak your word, let me not speak my words, but your words. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, my God and my Lord. Bless now the hearers and the doers of your word. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Fight the good fight. Oh, my goodness. Boy, you're trying to spoil me. Let me just say before I go any further, I, I, I've been married, it'll be 55 years in June. This is the first time I've been away from my wife. She has dementia for the past four years. And I'm like a kid that's lost. You know, it's something when you love somebody. When you realize that that somebody that you love is that God gave that person to you. And then that person becomes a part of you. Only God is the giver of all good and perfect gifts. But in spite of her not being with me, I still today must fight the good fight. See, I said all that to say this. There is no excuse. You see, my wife would not have wanted me to stay home because she wasn't able to make this trip. She expected me because she understands that the calling that God has placed on my life is even greater than our marriage to each other. In order for her to help me as her husband, she got to know that I'm faithful to, to the serving the Lord. And she knows that God called me to do this. It was ordained of God some time ago that I would be here at this particular time to do this particular message for those of you that are here at this particular time. Fight the good fight. Every so often we need to be encouraged. I don't care how good you might be fighting. You might be winning the battle today, but you can be losing it tomorrow. You have to fight the good fight. How long? Till the end. The apostle Paul here was writing to the people there and uh, Philippi, letting them know that, listen, if any man have a right to boast about his life, he said, I of all people have a right. He said, I was born of the stock of Benjamin, a Pharisee among Pharisees. He says, I was educated by one of the smartest men to ever live, Galileo. He was a philosopher, real smart guy, and the apostle Paul under this man. And Paul says, as far as having zeal, he said, I had all kind of zeal, but it was misguided zeal.
He says, instead of me being a Christian at one time, he says, I was an anti-Christian. I was the one that was getting the Christians to, to take them, to put them into the lion's den or into uh, uh, bad situations. He said, but a strange thing happened to me on my way to get some Christians one day. He said, I was knocked off of my high horse. You know, sometimes we can get so, sometimes we can get so heavenly minded, we become no earthly good. Paul thought he knew everything, but sometimes we have to take our intellect and put it into faith. And faith is blind stuff, stuff that I can't see, stuff that I don't understand. It takes God to give me the understanding, why am I doing what I'm doing? Me, of all people, I call myself a pool room preacher. Yeah, because that's where I grew up. It was in a pool room at the age of 12 years old. I would shine a pair of shoes and get 25 cents, walk across the street to the pool room and try to gamble with that quarter so that we could have some food on the table, okay? You know what, I'm not ashamed of this. I'm uh, proud to say this. Uh, and I talk trash all day long, uh, talking crazy stuff. And then they would just say, who is that little fella? Oh, they don't leave. Leave him alone, Reverend Ike. I never did like that title, Reverend Ike, because there was a Reverend Ike who was a shyster. He was one of those, send me $2 and you can get this handkerchief. I'm not selling this, I know. No. Somebody getting their money together, put your money away. Fight, the good fight. Don't, don't let me lose you all now. So the Apostle Paul, he laid out his pedigree, and he says, I knew, he said, I had all kind of zeal, but I was doing the wrong thing. I was fighting the wrong fight. He said, so a strange thing happened to me on the road to Damascus. He says, I was thrown from my high horse. He said, I hit the ground. He said, I realized that I was blind. Sometimes we have to be blinded before we can see. And that's what happened to the Apostle Paul. And see, he said when he got up, he realized that in order to get his sight, it was more than just receiving his physical sight. He needed some spiritual sight. And he said that he heard a voice that he had never heard before. Do you remember when Jesus spoke to you? Oh, I remember, just like it was yesterday. My grandmother was 90 years old, and she was living in Indianapolis, and I lived in Fort Wayne. And I had gone to church. And when I went to church, it was a lady about three months earlier that had come by my house. And she was witnessing for the church. And I was sitting on my porch, and I had a Budweiser in this hand and a joint in this one. And in the 1976, and she said, young man, can I talk to you? I said, about what? She said, you need Jesus. I said, no, nah, baby, you need some of this good dope I got. <laughs> it was about three months later. Of all churches, the Lord led me to that church. And I saw that lady. And I tried to hide up under the seat. But I couldn't. 
And after church, I went up to her. I said, lady, I said, I'd like to apologize. She said, what for? She had forgot that she tried to witness to me. I said, you came by and you wanted to share Christ with me. I said, and I remember what I said. I said, I was real brash. I said, and I'd like to apologize. And I said, I'd like to thank you for sharing Jesus with me. I said, today, I want to take you up on that offer. And it was that day that I accepted Jesus. And tears came down my eyes. And before I got saved, you could beat me to death and I wouldn't cry. Because I grew up in that crazy notion, men don't cry. And you know what? We men outnumber women in the mental institutions about two to one. Because a woman will cry and get that mess out of her system. We hold that stuff in our system and crack up. Fight the good fight. Don't just swing at the air. Fight the good fight. And know that Jesus got your back. Amen. The Apostle Paul says, of all the teaching, all the knowledge, of all the everything that I ever got, he says, I will gladly give it up. Because he says, I count not myself to have apprehended. In other words, Paul says, I'm on the road right now. I haven't arrived. I'm still traveling. Every day of a Christian's life, we ought to ascribe to be better today than we were yesterday. God bless us to get through yesterday, but he also is preparing us for tomorrow. And listen, I'm not a, I was a student of political science. All I learned in political science was you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. I learned that in the pool room. No, seriously, I'm really serious. Don't, get, don't think the government is going to solve your problems, and that's all I got to say about some politics. Amen. Yeah, look to Jesus, Amen. the author and finisher of our faith, and you fight the good fight. Stay in the word. Don't just be hearers of the word. Don't just read the Bible. Do what the Bible says, and ye shall be saved. Fight the good fight. And then I, I want to just leave you with this right here. Not only was the Apostle Paul ready to be delivered, here in 2 Timothy, listen, Timothy says this, For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Therefore, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearance. You know, fight a good fight. Finish your course. Don't just get into church and get upset and leave the church. Uh -uh, no, no, no. The church isn't something that you leave. The church is something that's in you. You are the church. The outside world is going to judge you. It's going to judge your church by you. They expect everybody, if, if you invite somebody to the church and you got a nasty attitude, they expect everybody in the church that you attend to be just like you. We all are responsible for somebody. 
You see, God made us like that. Fight the good fight. It, it was a time like in my life, my, my, my sister, always, she's seven years older than me. She always thought I was the toughest little fella on the block. And One day, it was this one guy that I really didn't want to tangle with this fellow because I didn't think I could handle him. And if I was tough, maybe I was of the three guys that I ran with. Maybe I could beat up two, one and a half of the three. But anyway, one day my sister saw me running from this, this kid from school. And she saw that. She went out and bought me a magic ring. At least that's what she told me. Ring cost about 29 cents, 19 cents. She says, she, she called me Bubba. Bubba, if you wear this ring, you can whip anybody. I said, oh, okay. I couldn't hardly wait for school to let out. I, I saw him. I said, come on, we're going to fight today. I got this magic ring. And we got to fighting, and I'm, man, I'm beating him up. All of a sudden, that magic ring broke. In order to fight the good fight, you got to have some good defense, but you also need some offense. If you can't win, run. <laughs> You're still fighting the good fight. Sometimes we got to run and regroup because the devil don't never stop being the devil. We can't ever afford to stop being a Christian. God didn't promise us that we're going to win the battle every time. But he says, stay in the battle. The apostle Paul, he was, oh my goodness, he was in jail so many times. He was shipwrecked. He was bit by a snake. They had to put him in a basket and lift him over the walls of the, of the city to keep them from killing him. And he died on house arrest. He fought. A good fight. Church, you all have come a long way. The Lord has really, truly blessed you all. Where you all were worshiping was a beautiful facility, and you all did some good things there. Now the Lord has seen fit to bless you all to move over here. But he didn't want you all to come here just for the sake of having an upgrade. It's you all, it's you all's job to make sure that you spread the good news. Somebody in this area needs some hope. Somebody in this area was so thrilled and so excited that you all had brought a church and this building that used to be something else. Now, don't let it continue to be having the name of the church, but it's something else other than the church because you are the church. Fight the good fight. You're not going to always win, but make sure if you lose, run. <laughs> get that gold, get that magic ring, and keep on fighting.